So at this time, let's form a circle, uh, and we will have our Q&A discussion circle with the imam. Yeah, I feel so relaxed. <laughs> it's a very relaxing khutbah. I did not realize it was going to have that effect. Um, thank you so much, Desiree, um, for bringing us this message, for embodying it, for practicing it. Um, I remember when I first met you, you we, we would go for these walks around the track and you would walk so fast I couldn't keep up with you. And I was a runner at the time. And then as the, the months went on, like your pace literally slowed. And so I can see that this works. Um, so it's really amazing, you know, we hear these things all the time, but it's really amazing to hear this stuff from someone who's actually putting it into practice. So thank you for, for sharing. Um, and yeah, do you have any, uh, oh, I think you were saying you wanted to lead us through something, or is that the part you already did? Uh, um, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, no, I'm super shy. No, no, uh, Sure, we could, we could, if you want, we could do a couple tools so you have some for the road, yeah. but we could do that after questions because okay. they're real, they're real short. Okay. Yeah. All right. So um, does anyone want to start us off with a question, reflection, comment, or anything at all? And especially the shy people. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, this is not topic related, but I just had to share this. I was at Cedar sinai Hospital yesterday. One of my family members had some tiny, well, I guess anytime you have surgery, it's kind of major because they got to go and Start your body. But anyway, uh, you know, they have Juma there because a lot of Muslims work there. Oh, yeah. So I was sitting talking to my sisters and she's like, listen, Mahasa, listen, 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 listen. They were announcing for Juma. She said, you better listen. And they, you think your family's not paying attention because you're only Muslim in your family or whatever, but they, they're watching you. So anyway, so in, in the khutbah, the imam had just traveled to Thailand or whatever. And he said he was so amazed that he, he, he was telling things that he had seen, but he had seen the women's mosque over there. And he was so happy and elated. And he was like, Allahu Akbar, you know, because he said, this is what we need. We need spaces for our women who are, you know, like put in, pushed to the back. So I was so happy to hear him being in favor of that. So he shared that and the brothers kind of sit there like, I don't know what they felt, but you know, <laughs> alhamdulillah, we have an email on our side. <laughs> we have many, alhamdulillah, yes. <laughs> That's great to know. Anyone else uh, a recovering workaholic? <laughs> there are many of us. <laughs> she has PhDs. Oh, PhDs, no, no joke. <laughs> um, this is a reflection. Um, I've, I've noticed with myself that I can really relate to things and feel things if they're given to me passionately. And so your khutbah really hit me special I feel khutbahs are there to get us closer to God and we ride it out the whole week. And so I wanted to thank you for that because it, it's few far in between that I have that. When, when things are given to me monotone, I have a bit of a hard time feeling it and really relating to it. But with you, I was like, like tearing up as well. And um, so it's beautiful and the message as well. And, and it's always so nice to be reminded that God does love us and um, he forgives us and things like that. It was very beautiful, and I loved it. And also relating to prayer in that way, um, I wanted to pray again and really be like, oh yeah. I my whole family are scientists, and so I I relate a lot too when you apply science to to faith. And I was like, yeah, it does make you calm. And so I was praying in a whole new way. So I like that. Thank you.
Thank you. Assalamu alaikum. I want to thank you for your kutpa, and I also want to thank you for your dhan. You're both so beautiful, and I was sitting there thinking, I need to call the Adan one of these days. Ah. The problem is, I have a very weak voice, and I can't hear tones. <laughs> so, but I'm just like, one of these days, I need to try this. This is a safe space where I could actually call the Adan, you know. But I wanted to say jokingly that, you know, I have an honorary PhD in workaholism. Uh, <laughs> Um, I thank you for pointing out to us that prayer is a way of relaxing. I remember a sister told me many years ago, you know how we're reminded in Quran to watch that mid-afternoon prayer, that Asa prayer, because it is so easy to let it just get past you. But if you just stop right at that moment, ah, you know, as the sister said before, breathe. Uh, it's so calming. And prayer itself, Allah has given that to us as a gift. He's letting us know that he loves us and that if we will just bow down and accept that love and that guidance, a whole lot of the things that we're chasing, like Facebook, which I gave up for Ramadan, may not get back to it, <laughs> you know. Um, but I wanted to ask you specifically you said that you started at Masjid um, Al-Sharif in Long Beach, okay. So at the time you were there, Iman, um, um, I mean Omar has returned to Allah just recently. May Allah bless him. But at the time you started there, you were a teenager? Okay, so what was it that caused you to just somehow move into Islam as a teenager? For asking that. Thank you for sharing and thank you for asking that. Um, so, yeah, just hearing the bio, I was like, that was a long bio. Um, but just hearing, like, oh yeah, I was 15. But yeah, no, I was 15 years old and I had friends who were Muslim, just, you know, and they were cool. I mean, I think that's what, something really, it sounds so basic and simple, but like, they were just good kids and they were fun and they were interesting and they did well at school and I wanted to do well at school so I just kept their company and they started an MSA and like half of the MSA weren't Muslim kids they were just everybody like who just thought they were like fun um, and I don't say cool like the cool kids they were just you know down-to-earth folks and then I and then they brought us because our mission was right close to the school and our um, the, the sponsor uh, was also a Muslim sister, and one of the things is she also taught cheer. And I think, you know, as like a high school student, you're like, what, that's this and that, cool. Like, I didn't know that that could be. And, um, and she was also, her family's really involved in Masjid. Um, and so she helped it, us get a pass so that we could go to Jummah prayer. And so the fact that like, you know, all these kids, some of them who were not Muslim were just welcomed into Masjid, that was huge for me. We will leave school on Friday for Jummah. So like instead of lunch or like an extent, basically like you gave up your lunch so that you could do that. Um, and that was, I think, a huge component of it. And like I said in the bio, like the first Muslims that I met, the high school kids, but also the folks, the adults that I met, 
understood Islam in a really beautiful way. I mean, I met other folks that weren't that didn't have that perspective, and I think Allah, you know, I was 15, so Allah was like, here, let's take it, like, give you an easy pathway in because, and also I had met a lot of folks who um, from other faiths who were like kind of really harsh about the way they were doing it. And I'm not saying all people did that, but the ones that I was meeting. And the way I met this particular, this Palestinian family, and they literally invited me to their house and they put out all this food. And then they're like, okay, you could try this, you could try this, you could try this. And that's the same way they taught Dean to me, is like, you could try this, you could try this, you could try this. And if you taste it, you like it good. If you don't, I'm not gonna be offended. And that way of presenting Islam was so beautiful. And I think, honestly, like, really consistent like early prophetic ways of sharing deen so sorry if that was a long answer you know um it's interesting i i don't know which scholar said this or if it was a mystic or who um but i heard once that uh sleep itself is an act of worship in that the soul rises to god or rises to to worship god and so if not for sleep, people who don't pray would die, basically. Um, but it's not just because of sleep deprivation, but it's also, you know, we need to nourish our bodies, minds, and souls. Um, and that sleep is like the basic um, uh, way to nourish the soul, um, like the basic, you know, smallest requirement. Um, so I found that very interesting um, and perfectly corresponds with, with your message today. Assalamu alaikum. So, very excellent, excellent khutbah. And my question was if you could share like some practices that you have that we can engage in outside of the context of formal prayer or meditation practices that can help us maintain that state of, um, you know, good vibes and good energy and relaxation throughout the day. Um, sure, thank you for that question. Um, so, I didn't come across that chapter in the Quran until after prayer um, and after I was doing some research about it. Um, but I go back to that because it says remembrance of Allah. Um, and I think, again, there's many ways to remember. There's formal prayer, but there's also, if you go out for a walk, one, walking, actually. When you walk, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm like a kinesthetic person. Like, now I can move around. But like, when you walk and you actually swing. I can't walk in place. Okay, when you like, you know, you walk moving oh sorry oh you're recording um that helps that because that's moving that it's that's crossing the midline when you're doing opposite way and isometrics is you're repeating it so just like you know how some people they just do that naturally i'm going to go for a long walk i'm just going to stop from work or whatever so that's a way but then when you combine that when we're talking about um remembrance of allah if you walk in nature and just reflect on allah's gifts right um and i don't know that that came across in the clip i was also nervous but uh, is that just thinking of something positive or pleasant already brings your stress level down. Um, when you're able to do that, right? You have, there's a whole thing about where, you're, where you are currently in your nervous system and your stress level that you can access that easily. And there's other places where you're like too stressed out to get to go there. But when you're just kind of stressed, a little bit irritated, a little bit frustrated, that long walk, um, that kind of reflection, and that's what that, that thing that happened when I was just basically doing gratitude, doing zikr, 
um, doing gratitude and whether you're doing it formally or, you know, with the beads or with your hands or you're just walking around and be like, man, that dog is cute. Man, mashallah, that, that woman has a nice smile. You know, man, that baby is pushing that stroller again. <laughs> like, that, that just being in that pleasant mindset will put you, will, will, and, and just being reflective. So that's one easy practice of walking. Um, especially you could do that, like, if you have a work break, so many of us, myself included, if you work at a desk, if you're a de former desk jockey, um, have 15 minute breaks and then, or, or lunch breaks and you take it right in front of you, you're still, you're eating it, like that's not a break, right? Um, so just something as simple as the walk. Um, I've also shared, and again, I know this is, you said not ritual, but wudu, I don't I've shared wudu with people who aren't Muslim before without giving them, just like, yeah, you could do this. Saying that it is wudu, and yet even without the bismillah, with all of that, it's already doing that thing because the science behind it is actually helping them to downregulate. And then also there's a whole other thing about pressure points and like water. And so that's another beautiful thing. Um, and then this is actually the, 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 the exercise that like made me think about um, prayer this way. And it looks like this. So we could all do this if you want, right? So you take one hand, doesn't matter which one, and put it on your shoulder, and you just sweep it down your arm. And they alternate, other side. She probably saw me doing this before prayer, maybe thought I was cold, right? Um, and to notice what this is doing for you. Some people like it, some people irritates them, but, right? Oh, I see that. Yeah. I always go like this as well. Yes. Notice that this is something. And that's, and that's what happened during prayer because I was in this mindset of relaxation, or I was relaxed. I, could, I noticed, I was like, whoa. You know, we're, we're sitting, you know, we're praying like this, and I'm just like, I wonder why we pray like this. You know, just like my mind was wandering, and I was like, oh, we're crossing the midline. Even if it's not moving, it's just there, right? Um, and then really where it really came, like, very sharp in my mind was wudu, right? That's part of wudu. I mean, like, you literally, it's that movement. And my boss was, is the one who developed that because of those exercises that helped me understand this. But, like, she's not Muslim. I don't, her dad is Nigerian, but I don't think they're like from the Muslim community in Nigeria, right? So this is how she came across this. And, and she like, she's also like kind of a mad scientist and like has all the research behind it, right? So I can, if you're interested in that, if you're like one of those smart sisters likes to study and I don't know, have your PhD in things other than stress or your thing in stress actually, that'd be really helpful here. Um, all the research papers that support the the bilateral movements, the crossing the midline, right? Because I remember I was sharing this actually at Masjid al-Sharif and one of the brothers said, oh, my, my, my wife, she works with people who um, have had strokes or different um, brain, um, brain illnesses. And a lot of these exercises are similar. And I was like, yeah, because that's where my boss got the concept. It's not like, and she claims it too. She's like, this is where she got the research and just kind of put it together. I hope that ends. So this is one. This is one, and then this is one more. Uh, so it looks like this, or like this. Doesn't matter which way. Underneath your, underneath your collarbone. I'm like, I could do this, with sisters. Um, and then you're just gonna pat. And notice if you like it or if you don't. Some people like more pressure. Some people like less. Um, that's called the butterfly hug. That was developed by a social worker for um, children in Mexico during, I think, a 94, earth, not, I think it's 94, in, in early 90s earthquake, there weren't enough therapists or providers for the kids, so one of the therapists was 
um, a, a, also did somatic work, so body-based work, and developed that. So like, and that concept comes up in different kinds of therapy, like EMDR, you're stimulating both sides, but just a different, you're use, utilizing it differently. And the point also is that, with your question, what works for you, right? So what works for Samia doesn't necessarily work for Desiree, and what works for Samia before Iftar doesn't necessarily work for Samia after Iftar, and that's for all of us. So it's to use like what works for you, and that's why, uh, that's part of why I shared that, that that little exercise of like, how stressed are you in this moment? What did you notice in your mind, body, and heart? Because you can use anything that you do, whether it's going on Facebook, or it's reading a book, or it's hanging out with people, or whatever, uh, that you do that before and after, and then you notice, is that actually helping you or is it helping you check out? Because lots of us stuff that we do it helps us check out. And it could even be a good thing, right? Like, work is a good thing, and I remember reading in the Quran the other day, you, you know, even family can be a fitna for you. It's better if you forgive them because sometimes if you go at it in a too hard of a way or in a different way, it takes you away from Allah. Just anything, right? So. Does it matter um, when you're crossing the midline what hand goes over the other one? Yeah. I mean, and some of the things, like when you said, oh, I notice I do this, that I remember I was somewhere where it was my boss and we were watching this place and it was really triggering and I noticed a woman she was just kind of doing this and I was like oh she's doing it she's like yeah it's because it's a natural thing you'll even notice kids who are um who are on the spectrum who they may they sit like kind of like really crossed mm -hmm. and then this is they're not doing consciously it's like to cross the midline is settling mm -hmm. yeah or like a, you know <laughs> clearly I don't normally wear like long skirts like this but uh <laughs> Babies, you'll see before they go to bed to comfort themselves, they're rubbing, sorry, they're rubbing and cross, it's crossing the midline again, that stimulation. So things that we don't do consciously. And again, it's in, I think the thing that trips me out is in prayer, and we didn't know that. Or I mean, maybe, maybe somebody knows that, but Allah knows that. Now you all know that. It's amazing. Um, Hi, my name's Karen. Um, I just want to first off say your azan was so beautiful and that really touched me and that was one of the highlights of my Ramadan, so thank you so much for that. Um, oh, also, my friend Sasha is here. She's one of my oldest friends from LA. This is her first time at the Women's Mosque, so I'm really excited that she's here. So, um, And also, I just want to say, I think your khutbah was really, really relevant um, to like our lives. Like I think a lot of us struggle with workaholism and we're trying to just do our best and be our best and you're right like we tie our value to productivity in this society whether fortunate or unfortunately and so like I think this this is so interesting I've never like really heard about this whole midline concept so this is like you know wow like such a new I you know and I'm always learning stuff like that about Islam which is I think one of the beautiful things about the religion is you can never learn enough about it um, my question was a little bit more towards you talking about hygiene and even talking about hygiene to like, uh, you know, with wadu and everything and mm -hmm. kind of explaining that to like non-Muslims even. Because mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I some, somehow just become a purpose in my life is like, is hygiene and um, kind of explaining the benefits of hygiene. I think when you're raised in a culture and a religion that's Islamic, you know, etiquette and hygiene are so built into um, our culture and our religion from such a young age that we don't really think about it. Um, and one of the, the most difficult things for me has been kind of articulating, like, why are we so clean? <laughs> Which, you know, I get on my roommates about that all the time, <laughs> about the cleanliness, or even having the conversation about, like, the lota, like, the, in the mm -hmm. bathroom. Like, that's, I don't know how to explain that to people. And it's, like, a conversation that, like, you know, I watch funny YouTube videos about, but, like, I still don't know how to communicate. Um, and most recently, you know, we've been distributing all these, like, hygiene packs as a, you know, a community initiative. 
And we recently added a booklet to talk about, um, it's about happiness, the booklet, but actually most of the components to happiness have to do with hygiene. And so we're handing out toothbrushes and talking about why it's so great to brush your teeth or why it's so great to do these things. Um, and we thought, you know, it really is so important to have this guidebook because you can give people all these hygiene tools and they may not even use them because they don't understand how it affects, you know, I mean, even the things you're talking about, like we don't even know how it affects us when we're doing madhu. Um, do you, so my, my long question, the short, <laughs> the short question is, do you have any other like um, resources or ways or do you have any tips on how to like communicate like why are we, you know, so into hygiene? Because sometimes I don't even know these answers. I'm like, I know I, we want to be clean and, you know, we have these etiquettes and these rules, but, you know, I don't really always know how to explain them and I think that's like the obstacle right now that I'm kind of facing, so. Thank you for sharing that and thank you for doing that kind of work. Um, so, for me, I, I'm going to go back to this. I, I feel like a lot of my life lessons are like these Muslims in high school, um, where it was just, here. here's these different things, here's these different elements of, of worship. Here's one of them is wudu, right? Like, so I'm Filipino, and Filipinos already use a lota, or use, uh, we have another word for that. Um, oh, it's a tabo. And I think that's like my mom's dialect, which like nobody speaks except for people related to my mom. Uh, oh, sorry. Um, so I'm Filipino and we use a tabo as opposed to a lota, but it's the same concept. And so it's, I think, drawing similarities where they exist already, right? And then that, that's part of it. And then the other thing is, and allowing people to draw them for themselves. Um, and then the other thing is, just lost it. I got so caught up in, I was like, double, I can't believe I'm saying this in public right now. <laughs> <laughs> My cousins will be so proud. Um, the importance of hygiene. The importance of hygiene. Um, oh, so the other thing is, I, I'm a really kinesthetic person. I think a lot of people are, and it's just doing, like, here, try this out. Like, just kind of that, that example of, like, try this out. Try to do, see if you like it. Just because it actually, like I've shared, again, I've shared it with people who aren't Muslim and they're like, oh, I, I do when I'm, it's like really hot or when I'm really pissed off. And, and then the other day, I heard somebody close to me who's not Muslim say, I wonder who, whoever invented Wudu is a genius. <laughs> because they were doing it after uh, a long day. And, and, and they even said, they're like, you know, I was having a long day and I, would be, I was too tired or lazy to do this, but I did it and I feel way better. And so like, I can't teach that, right? That was just, I can't show you how to do Wudu you could do it and not do it. And I think that part too, where it's like, do it or not do it, um, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> this is why it works for me, and like what you said, like this works for me. But we don't always have to articulate that part, just like Allah gives us these gifts and we don't always know that part, and then it makes itself apparent, I think. Oh, oh and then also one other thing is, speaking of water, because the other part of the work is related to trauma. And so some people have traumas where good hygiene is actually didn't keep them safe, right? Like I remember I learned about a young woman I was working with, she did not take showers um, and also defecated on herself because she was abused as a child by a, somebody in her family and in order to keep that person away, she did that and it was very effective. So she continued to do that as a teenager and some people continue to do that as adults and they're not conscious of it. It's not like I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna shower, not shower and like be offensive. Like, so there's a lot, sometimes there's that happening and we don't know. So just to be conscious when we may breach something like that. So, yeah. 
Um, so were those the things you wanted to show us at the end? Oh yeah, that one, that one. The settling breath, which is, um, so this is the same thing, but we, we do it in prayer, but that, you know how I thought of that was, because when we do it at work, she just counts, right? So it's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna invite you to do it right now. So everybody's breathing, nobody's heard this joke before, so if you're not breathing, don't wanna hear it, because that's scary, stuff like that. <laughs> I won't say the J word, because I don't want, Never mind. Oh, Jen. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, about not breathing. Anyways, um, so everybody's breathing right now. So I'm going to invite you to just be conscious of your breathing. I used to troll my cousins with this when I was a kid, and now I'm like, I get to lead people to be conscious of their breathing. Okay, so just be conscious of your breathing. Just notice it. Don't judge it. Oh, I'm breathing too shallow, too deep. No, just you're breathing. I'm did it in the. Okay, now I'm gonna invite you to extend your out breath. Breathe out a little bit longer than you would breathe in. Through your nose, through your mouth, doesn't matter. Not too deep, because sometimes you get a headache, but just what feels comfortable for you. I'll count it out for some folks who like counting. Some people don't, so. Okay, breathe in, one, two. Breathe out, one, two, three, four. Breathe in, one, two. Breathe out, one, two, three, four. Breathe in, one, two. Breathe out, one, two, three, four. If you like what it's doing, keep going. If you don't, just stop. So you come back to normal breath. So, oh, so, so that's the settling breath. That's that concept of the heart, thing, the slowing your heart down. Um, but I was listening to a podcast who, and he was talking about like, when do we ever do that in real life? And the other guy was a musician and he's like, oh, when I play instruments and when I sing. And then I was like, oh yeah. And that during the, you know, because it's Taraweh um, prayer, the imam is doing it in beautiful recitation, right? It's extended. Um, and so I was like, oh, that's singing. I mean, like that, that's that extended out breath, even small, like short lines. I mean, right, that's extended out breath. So that's just another tool that if you don't want to do prayer or you're not Muslim and you don't, or you don't want to do a meditation, you just do the breathing. And that way it's like, I guess the secular, everybody breathes, yeah. right? But also some people find breathing, um, not breathing in general, but breathing exercises very activating depending on the kind of, if you had any body-based traumas. Um, and so there's like a universalization of mindfulness meditation and breathing. And sometimes it's harmful because the people who are it's being given to are really highly activated and then they're asking to be um, get connected with their bodies when their trauma is based in their body so that's just another thing that and it's okay like the thing is if you don't like it like I said earlier if it doesn't work for you that's okay just use something else but to be yeah be aware it's okay on the wall maybe this explains why I hate yoga we we have a play fight yoga versus running <laughs> I hate yoga, love running. She's laughing. <laughs> um, any last questions, comments? Okay, Naveen. Your Adan was, Adan was beautiful, so thank you. And I apologize for coming late, but what I heard was very impactful and amazing. Um, I just wanted to comment that it was very relevant um, as we as a family close up the sophomore year. So very happy to have my daughter here. She's like giving me looks um, because it's sort of, okay, now we can breathe and she can breathe and just finding, you know, your center again. And um, so it was very relevant for us. And 
I think, you know, when you sort of take an inventory of the past year, which, you know, we do, like, talking about it and um, sort of focusing on all the good things and not being oppressive to yourself. And, you know, as you close finals, you have a tendency to be like, ah, what did I do? Or um, I could have done this, whatever. And it's really... So it was nice to kind of, you know, hear that Allah, you know, asks us to uh, not be oppressive and, uh, or shameful, but, you know, be positive and good to ourselves. So thank you. Thank you. That's a really great reminder, of, uh, especially that analogy to finals, because actually I was talking to my husband about this. He's like, this is the end of Ramadan. You know, you got to be mindful of what stories you're sharing. And I was like, yeah, I know. Um, but that one of the things is like we go so hard on ourselves right and we're taught like from from all sorts of parts of our american culture and the other cultures that we're part of our own community our own family culture that we just need to like check off these boxes and like especially now around the end of ramadan people are so harsh on themselves like i didn't do that you know you had your like long goal long list of goals and i only made this much and then you get so hard on yourself that you are not able to be like alhamdulillah i did this much and all the blessings that come from that, right? We don't know. Maybe you needed to work on these three things as opposed to this long list of, list of 17. And we, in doing that, it's almost, astaghfirullah, you know, it's like we're not being grateful for the, the connection that we have made with Allah. And maybe it's huger and more effective and deeper and like the, the thing that we need, right? Like one of the things this month is, well, not fasting because I'm pregnant. And I know some people fast and they're pregnant. There's different rules and understandings about that. And that was really rough. I was like, and then I was talking to somebody, like, maybe your, um, your test this Ramadan is something very different. And I, I think it helped me write this, right? Because it was like, yeah. Because I was really struggling. I was like, then I just got to feed a lot of people. I got to do this and this. Right? And, then, and I was like, or maybe I'm fasting. And it's hard to fast without e not eating, right? At least for me, because I'm a person who, like, I need to feel it in my body. Like, I need to feel the struggle. And it's like, but... What, or, or the times that, you know, we're on our period and then we're like hiding it. And, you know, it's, I feel like, oh, yeah, I can talk about this here, women. Um, and, and it's like, this is, your body is worshiping in that moment. And a lot of other non-Islamic, pre-Western sometimes usually, um, communities recognize that as well. I remember I was talking to some Lakota women and they were talking about, yeah, that's one of the most blessed times. But the way that people talk about our community is a perversion of what that is. And they say, oh, it's because women are excluded and dirty and blah, blah, blah. But this is actually why. And that, I think in the same way happens with our, like, or when we're sick or like some of us have certain illnesses where we can't fast. And yet that's, and then we're still for, force ourselves or feel guilty, right? Instead of being like, thank you, Allah. And I'm going to work on this other thing. So thank you. That's like a beautiful reminder. Thank you for reminding me, right? Because we only have a few more days of Ramadan, so that we're kind to ourselves, and then we work on the things that Allah is bringing to us to work on. Yeah, actually, the Prophet, peace be upon him, said that that's a woman's precious time, that she's a princess during that time. And um, in his society, uh, pre-Islam, um, women, uh, when it was that time of the month, were ostracized, you know, um, almost like quarantined. Um, and he made it a, like a point um, when his wife was on her period to take the cup that she had just drank from and to turn it so that 
the place where she placed her lips, he placed his lips and he drank from, um, to show people that this is not something that's dirty. Um, so yeah, we absolutely have that, that same concept. Uh, so I just realized we didn't um, make dua for the imam or recite Sir Fatiha for him. So we usually will, or we're trying to uh, end with a dua, just ask someone to make a dua from the heart. But do you want to make the dua today and then also make dua for uh, the imam? And then um, we can um, recite Sir Fatiha together for him. And then also uh, I'll give you the translation. You can say it in English as well. Oh Allah, thank you for giving us this opportunity to sit in a good circle and remember you, to create space in our hearts and in our bodies for you. I make to offer the family of the late Imam Omar Amin, um, and we make for for his spirit and for his family and all his congregants and all those in Long Beach and extended who've been touched by his life let his legacy like Nipsey Hussle's continue on in, in the living and breathing of our community, inshallah. Help those ideas and concepts that he inspired and he walked and manifested in this life, help us to do that. And help us to find our shine and our goodness and our gifts and bring them forth in the way that he did. Um, and please do the same. Uh, please do that for all of us. Uh, give us the courage and help us let us go, help us let go of the shame and the lack of forgiveness that we don't allow ourselves sometimes. Please give, allow us to forgive ourselves. Help us to remove the barriers from within ourselves to receive your love, Allah, for us and for all of those that we care about and even those we don't care about or really angry with. Please remove the barriers between you and them and help them to recognize where they are, help us to recognize where they are and help us to remove those barriers on an individual level, on a community level, on a systemic and an organizational level, help all the levels, all the ways. Um, oh Allah, please help, uh, please give peace to the, the chaplain of the, of the women's prison. Um, her mother passed away, please give peace and blessings to her and her family um, and for the women in the prison who are also um, congregants of the Imam in Long Beach, please give them peace and give them liberation um, of mind and heart and eventually in person uh, and for the folks who can't end their fast, especially in Los Angeles, we have a lot of homeless folks here, um, oh Allah, please make it easy for them and for those of us that have the ability to help them help it move move some systems and move some things and even if it's as small as sharing our lunch um, help us to do that and do it generously uh, please forgive me for anything that I've said that's incorrect and forgive us for the things that we do that we're aware of and some of the stuff that we're not aware of all of the stuff we're not aware of um, okay let's recite Surat al-Fatah for those who passed away أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين. Okay. Um, 
In the name of God, most merciful, most compassionate, all praise is due to God alone, the sustainer of all the worlds. The most merciful, the most compassionate, Lord of the day of judgment, you alone do we worship and you alone do we turn for help. Guide us on the straight path, the path of those whom you have bestowed your blessings, not those who have been condemned or, nor those who go astray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you guys so much for coming today. Inshallah, you have a beautiful rest of Ramadan and you rest a lot.